Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Faithful and Virtuous Night by Louise Gluck My story begins very simply. I could speak and I was happy. Or, I could speak thus I was happy. Or, I was happy thus speaking. I was like a bright light passing through a dark room. If it is so difficult to begin, imagine what it will be to end. On my bed, sheets printed with colored sailboats conveying simultaneously visions of adventure in the form of exploration and sensations of gentle rocking as of a cradle. Spring and the curtains flutter. Breezes enter the room, bringing the first insects, a sound of buzzing like the sound of prayers. Constituent memories of a large memory. Points of clarity and a mist intermittently visible, like a lighthouse whose one task is to emit a signal. But what really is the point of the lighthouse? This is north, it says, not I am your safe harbor. Much to his annoyance, I shared this room with my older brother. To punish me for existing, he kept me awake, reading adventure stories by the yellow nightlight. The habits of long ago, my brother on his side of the bed, subdued, but voluntarily so, his bright head bent over his hands, his face obscured. At the time of which I'm speaking, my brother was reading a book he called The Faithful and Virtuous Night. Was this the night in which he read, in which I lay awake? No. It was a night long ago, a lake of darkness in which a stone appeared, and on the stone a sword growing. Impressions came and went in my head, a faint buzz like the insects. When not observing my brother, I lay in the small bed we shared, staring at the ceiling, never my favorite part of the room. It reminded me of what I couldn't see, the sky, obviously, but more painfully, my parents sitting on the white clouds in their white travel outfits. And yet I, too, was traveling, in this case imperceptibly from that night to the next morning, and I, too, had a special outfit, striped pajamas. Picture, if you will, a day in spring, a harmless day, my birthday. Downstairs, three gifts on the breakfast table. In one box, pressed handkerchiefs with a monogram. In the second box, colored pencils arranged in three rows, like a school photograph. In the last box, a book called My First Reader. My aunt folded the printed wrapping paper. The ribbons were rolled into neat balls. My brother handed me a bar of chocolate wrapped in silver paper. Then suddenly I was alone. Perhaps the occupation of a very young child is to observe and listen. In that sense, everyone was occupied. I listened to the various sounds of the birds we fed, the tribes of insects hatching, the small ones creeping along the windowsill, and overhead my aunt's sewing machine drilling holes in a pile of dresses. Restless. Are you restless? Are you waiting for day to end, for your brother to return to his book? For night to return, faithful, virtuous, repairing briefly the schism between you and your parents? This did not, of course, happen immediately. Meanwhile, there was my birthday. Somehow the luminous outset became the interminable middle, mild for late April, 
puffy clouds overhead floating among the apple trees. I picked up my first reader, which appeared to be a story about two children. I could not read the words. On page three, a dog appeared. On page five, there was a ball. One of the children threw it higher than seemed possible, whereupon the dog floated into the sky to join the ball. That seemed to be the story. I turned the pages. When I was finished, I resumed turning, so the story took on a circular shape like the zodiac. It made me dizzy. The yellow ball seemed promiscuous, equally at home in the child's hand and the dog's mouth. Hands underneath me, lifting me. They could have been anyone's hands, a man's, a woman's. Tears falling on my exposed skin. Whose tears? Or were we out in the rain waiting for the car to come? The day had become unstable. Fissures appeared in the broad blue or... More precisely, sudden black clouds imposed themselves on the azure background. Somewhere in the far backward reaches of time, my mother and father were embarking on their last journey, my mother fondly kissing the new baby, my father throwing my brother into the air. I sat by the window, alternating my first lesson in reading with watching time pass, my introduction to philosophy and religion. Perhaps I slept. When I woke, the sky had changed. A light rain was falling, making everything very fresh and new. I continued staring at the dog's frantic reunions with the yellow ball, an object soon to be replaced by another object, perhaps a soft toy. And then suddenly evening had come. I heard my brother's voice calling to say he was home. How old he seemed, older than this morning. He set his books beside the umbrella stand and went to wash his face. Cuffs of his school uniform dangled below his knees. You have no idea how shocking it is to a small child when something continuous stops. The sounds in this case of the sewing room, like a drill but very far away, vanished. Silence was everywhere. And then, in the silence, footsteps. And then we were all together, my aunt and my brother. Then tea was set out. At my place, a slice of ginger cake, and at the center of the slice, one candle to be lit later. How quiet you are, my aunt said. It was true. Sounds weren't coming out of my mouth, and yet they were in my head, expressed possibly as something less exact. Thought, perhaps, though at the time they still seemed like sounds to me. Something was there where there had been nothing. Or should I say nothing was there? But it had been defiled by questions. Questions circled my head. They had a quality of being organized in some way, like planets. Outside, night was falling. Was this that lost night, star-covered, moonlight spattered, like some chemical preserving everything immersed in it? My aunt had lit the candle. Darkness overswept the land, and on the sea the night floated, strapped to a slab of wood. If I could speak... What would I have said? I think I would have said goodbye because in some sense it was goodbye. Well, what could I do? I wasn't a baby anymore. I found the darkness comforting. I could see dimly the blue and yellow sailboats on the pillowcase. I was alone with my brother. We lay in the dark, breathing together, the deepest intimacy. It had occurred to me that all human beings are divided into those who wish to move forward and those who wish to go back. Or, 
You could say those who wish to keep moving and those who want to be stopped in their tracks is by the blazing sword. My brother took my hand. Soon it too would be floating away, though perhaps in my brother's mind it would survive by becoming imaginary. Having finally begun, how does one stop? I suppose I can simply wait to be interrupted, as in my parents' case by a large tree. The barge, so to speak, will have passed for the last time between the mountains. Something, they say, like falling asleep, which I proceeded to do. The next day I could speak again. My aunt was overjoyed. It seemed my happiness had been passed on to her. But then she needed it more. She had two children to raise. I was content with my brooding. I spent my days with the colored pencils. I soon used up the darker colors. Though what I saw, as I told my aunt, was less a factual account of the world than a vision of its transformation subsequent to passage through the void of myself. Something, I said, like the world in spring. When not preoccupied with the world, I drew pictures of my mother, for which my aunt posed, holding at my request a twig from a sycamore. As to the mystery of my silence, I remained puzzled less by my soul's retreat than by its return, since it returned empty-handed. How deep it goes, this soul, like a child in a department store seeking its mother. Perhaps it is like a diver with only enough air in his tank to explore the depths for a few minutes or so. Then the lungs send him back. But something, I was sure, opposed the lungs, possibly a death wish. I use the word soul as a compromise. Of course, in a certain sense, I was not empty-handed. I had my colored pencils. In another sense, that is my point. I had accepted substitutes. It was challenging to use the bright colors, the ones left, though my aunt preferred them, of course. She thought all children should be light-hearted. And so time passed. I became a boy like my brother, later a man. I think here I will leave you. It has come to seem there is no perfect ending. Indeed, there are infinite endings. Or perhaps, once one begins, there are only endings. You've been listening to Miss Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs>